Good morning, everyone. This is Ruth Mitchell, editor of The Wholesaler Magazine, coming to you from Chicago for our next uh, interview with an individual well-known within the industry here for our Off the Cuff program. Today, we are joined by Rick Fantham, president and CEO of Hajoka Corporation, one of the nation's largest privately held wholesale distributors of plumbing, heating, and industrial supplies. The company was established in 1858 in Philadelphia by a man with a vision and $200. Indoor plumbing was not widely used in those days, but William Haynes knew it would not be long before it was in high demand. He was joined by Thomas Jones and Joel Cadbury, and together they grew the company, which developed into the powerhouse that it is today. The company has more than 751 locations throughout North America. 430 locations are within the United States under the Hajoka brand, and more than 300 are located in Canada under the Emco and Noble banners. Hajoka may be large and growing, but it keeps a family-like atmosphere. With a robust history of helping to shape advances in plumbing, Hajoka attributes its success to two simple truths, a unique business philosophy and talented people. You know what? I'm getting way ahead of myself right now, and there's so much to talk about. So let's just jump right in. Rick, thank you for joining us today. Ruth, it's great to connect with you, and it's uh, fun to be part of you celebrating 75 years. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. You know, part of the fun, Rick, is, is looking back in our archives and seeing companies that were in business with a minimum of, of 75 years. Your company, Hajoka, goes back to 1858. You know, can you talk to us about what is the company's core mission and values and how have those evolved and changed over the years? Great, Bruce. Thanks a lot. And on this front, I will be boring but consistent. Um, I think one of the one of the pillars of Ajoka uh, is very, very much uh, rooted in our legacy and who we are. And I really describe that in terms of our core values, key business principles, and strategic priorities. Our core values are fairness and caring, trust and respect, generous listening, and straight talking. And that's all about building trust with each of, each of our teammates for them to stretch to be the best they can be. Our key business principles, number one, profit center manager is hero. Profit center manager being our local manager. Uh, number two, our profit center is the heart of the business. Number three, changing lives through sharing success. And number four, and perhaps my personal favorite, uh, freedom to live into your dream and really a, a, a spirit of self-determination. And finally, our key business principles, and, and I'm not a physics grad, I'm an accountant by trade, but L times P times C equals R. And with the whole principle being that selection and development of world-class leaders, they then surround themselves with incredible people. Between the L and the P, uh, they then target the customers, which they want to build powerful customer partnerships. And then the result is world-class results or performance. And so uh, we've stood for those uh, values and principles and priorities for uh, for a couple of decades and uh, very much is who we are. Well, I was, dev- was going to ask you, you know, how has the mission and values of the company aided in the success? But, I mean, you pretty much laid it out that that through and through is who the company is and who you are today. Right, right. I think that's one of the advantages of family ownership. Uh, it gives us the privilege to be... Uh, uh, boring but consistent, uh, provided we're delivering uh, performance. Mm-hmm. 
1858. That's a long tenure for a company. And I, you know, I've, I've know, I know that the company has seen challenges and roadblocks over the years. Can you tell me what the company has faced in terms of challenges and roadblocks and how they were tackled and overcome? Great, great. Thanks. Yeah, I would say, and it'll be consistent with uh, our strategic priorities, the L times T times equals R, is that probably our biggest challenge going back uh, 15 years ago in Canada and about eight years ago in the United States is that we had grown so dramatically through that period from 2000 to 2010. We weathered the storm of the of the Great Recession. And so as we started to see recovery, particularly in the U.S. market, in, uh, in 2011, uh, what we found was that our leadership coverage were bare, uh, and we had voids all over the country uh, in terms of local leadership, and particularly when that the profit center manager is a hero. That's a, that's a big problem. And then in 2011, uh, as you know, Ruth, we bought HD Plumbing Supply and HVAC, and, and then the problem got even bigger. And so our response, really starting in February 2013, was to go all in on the LMP. Uh, I made a direct declaration at that point in time that we would hire 100 major trainees. Uh, at the time, we had six uh, in the U.S. So we knew what our goal was. We didn't have a clue how we were going to achieve it. But we went in and went out and hired four recruiters. Uh, we invested in relationships on uh, targeted college campuses. Uh, we made heavy investments in in development programs, both for our new managers and our veteran managers. And, and today, uh, that continues to be a challenge, uh, but not our, one, our number one uh, our number one threat. And many of our profit center managers today are graduates of that program, and, uh, and we're excited about uh, where we're heading. What was kind of fascinating that you might find uh, interesting is that as we went on to the college campuses and talked about freedom to live into your dream, that resonated in a more powerful uh, way with the current generation that did actually with the baby boom generation that I'm part of. And so I think we were fortunate that the current generation were looking for that sort of self-determination spirit. Wow. I'm, I'm making fast and furious notes here because it, there does seem to be a reoccurring theme here within companies that I've talked about. And, and that is the recruiting a talent and how you grow, how you need the talent to support you along the way. What was the most valuable lesson that the company learned from these experiences? Uh, be comfortable learning by making mistakes. Uh, be comfortable with learning by doing. And we try to create uh, a high comfort zone with making mistakes. And and, and there's, there's very few things. That, one thing I love about the whole distribution business, there's very few challenges that would bring the company down. You know, we're very much a transactional business. We're not a big bank uh, business. And so we try, try to create that philosophy of, uh, of learning by doing. And so we, we made lots of mistakes along the way. Still have a ways to go. Um, and so number one, I would say that. And number two, uh, I would say be obsessed. Uh, maybe be paranoid first and then be obsessed uh, with the development and selection of world-class leaders. Rick, along the way, what are some of the tough decisions that the company has had to make, you know, with other challenges and things like that? What's the tough decisions that really brought everyone to the table and said, you know, we've got to figure this out? Great question, Ruth. I think and this one will be a little bit different for us than it might be in the overall industry. So I'll start with earlier in our career, we all had progression based on being a control freak. 
we all, you know, when you think about being in sales or inside sales, you got the order, those first few orders, you probably entered the order and then went out to where picked the order, loaded it on the truck, probably let the truck driver take it and then call the customer immediately. And so a lot of our early success in our career is based on being control free. And, and yet, we're in a model that is based on freedom to live in your dreams, that is based on empowerment. So some of the toughest decisions we faced, and I moved into a leadership role in the U.S. in, uh, in July 2007, so just in time for, for the Great Recession. <laughs> right. um, and, uh, and, and so I really had to learn to trust the front line. I really had to build powerful conviction on on it's up to you and leaving those decisions to the, the people in the local markets. And uh, my goal is to never make a decision. Uh, and I know that doesn't sound very presidential, Ruth. I haven't quite achieved it yet, but I'm getting better and better. And absolutely, I believe that the folks in Philadelphia will make uh, the right decision for, for folks in Philadelphia. Our managers in Dallas or Dubuque or Ocala or Des Moines, they'll, they're the right people to make the decision uh, on the front line. And so a lot of it is getting comfortable with all of our teammates learning by doing. So it's almost like I have 751 bosses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and our level of empowerment is incredible. There's no, and I love having this chat with vendors, there's no limit, no dollar limit that a profit center manager can't issue in terms of appeal. So uh, one of my favorite stories is we had a, a rookie profit center manager issue a $3.5 million PO a few years ago for a job that was halfway across the country for an expertise that that profit center traditionally hadn't had and to a vendor that we didn't use often. And the, uh, the credit manager from the vendor knew our controller. And so I picked up the phone and called our controller and said, hey, I got this this purchase order for a product you don't typically buy, for a job, job that's across the country, all that sort of stuff. And she said, so what do I do with it? And I, and I love the controller's answer, ship it. I love it. Ship it. Yeah. So that, that's the sort of freedom that we encourage. But every once in a while, you have to uh, somewhere between uh, uh, defer to uh, local decision making and sometimes even bite your tongue in a very positive way. Well, it also goes back down to, you know, in the beginning when I talked about, you know, you have a unique business philosophy and talented people and you empower your employees to make the decisions that they know are going to be right for the company um, and they follow through with that. So, hey, Rick, over the, you know, over the past five years, we've seen a lot of changes and I don't want to talk about the bigger picture. I want to talk about the small details. What is one of the smallest changes that has been made at the company that's brought about a, a, a big positive result? Okay, yeah, great, great question. Let me, let me talk about uh, the catalyst will be a big thing, and then I'll, and I'll talk about the small thing. So as we got into 2016, 2017, and we could see the changes in the, uh, uh, the forces of change, uh, we could see the evolving landscape in the industry, watching the impact of, of Amazon and, and, and some of the uh, some of the big boxes where they were going. We uh, we developed uh, a strategic intent, and and we we actually hadn't been a strong strategic planning uh, company. Uh, we very much relied on our business model, but with the with the way the, the stands were shifting, uh, we decided to uh, develop a strategic intent, uh, a fairly detailed strategic intent. And so that was the big thing. But the small thing that we did 
is we treated that as a hypothesis. We treated that as a as a discussion for possibilities. And I, the small thing that we've done that we've led to big, big dividends is we shared that with our with our, our teammates, key vendors, select customers to get their fingerprints on the future of the Joka. And I believe over the last three and a half years, and we're now into a, kind of an update cycle, I believe over the last three, three and a half years that we have over 2,000 fingerprints from the input we've received wow. from, from the sharing. And so, so it creates this sense of co-invention and, and co-ownership in a Joka's future. And I've probably given, I gave, uh, I gave uh, one yesterday actually to uh, one of our vendors, uh, is uh, I've probably done 35 or 40 interactive sessions around what we call our compelling path forward in the last three years and haven't had one yet where I didn't go back and modify our path forward. Uh, so I think we've been very, very collaborative. That That's fantastic. It truly is a give and take to move everything forward. Right, right, right. And, 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 and it's got to work on both sides. Right. Yeah, you're right. It is. It is. It's a give and take. Um, I'm going to ask you a question here. You know, obviously you've been in the industry for a long time and, and there's many tools that you can help with, uh, your toolbox there to help move the company forward. How has the wholesaler magazine helped you and your company be successful? Thanks. The first thing I'll say is congratulations on, uh, 75 years. And so I'll start with, thank you for being a, uh, uh, you know, beacon of longevity. Uh, it's a big deal, 75 years. And, and so clearly wholesaler has been able to adapt to, uh, the changes, be agile to the, uh, various shots along the way and then continue to thrive. So I'll, I'll start with saying thank you for, uh, for success. And, and number two, if I could capture the role as a wholesaler as I see it, in one word, it would be connections. Uh, and say you really, wonderful in creating connections and connections around information, uh, connections around sharing, uh, connections around creating a forum for, uh, for debate and uh, connections around education. So I clearly see that role of being part of the glue of the uh, industry as an important role. And I appreciate it. Well, uh, thank you for your support and for the company's support over the years and for those very kind words. Hopefully that'll lead us into our, our you know, the next 75 years. Uh-huh. Hey, hey, Rick, in one word, what do you want your customers, employees and partners to have in mind w- regarding your company? Uh, a great question. Let me think about it. First of all, we would never say employees. We'd always say teammates. Uh, just maybe a higher level of uh, higher level of respect. Probably, if I had to pick one word, it would be advocates. It would be advocates that that we have created a. Uh, I use the word I use to describe wholesale. We create a forum. We create a spirit and a commitment to partnership uh, where we're advocates for our teammates and supporting them and becoming the best they can be. Uh, we're advocates for our customers in terms of uh, achieving their, their business goals, more their business goals than their personal goals, but their business goals. And uh, absolutely advocates for our vendor partners in terms of uh, profitable growth. And so, yeah, we, we believe we're strongly committed to the success of our of the various stakeholders. And we try hard to be empathetic. We try hard 
to walk a mile in their shoes. And I think one of the powers of our local philosophy, it really is, it, it really is a kind of owner to owner in, uh, in Sarasota or in, uh, in Boston. It's not this big company dealing with this big company. And, and very much our industry is built on owner managers. And that's what we want our managers to feel like. And so it allows us to play, I think, at a very grassroots way with advocates. Well, I do definitely love the word advocate because the company, and you're correct, teammates uh, do personify that. And I'm going to end with this, I call it my dinner party question. And it, it, it really deals with, you know, where do you want, where do you want to be? And the question is, what award do you want to see on the company's wall? Hmm. That is a provocative uh, question. Uh, I'm going to take a 360 degree uh, approach to your roots. And I don't know if there's a formal award for this, but it would be an award for fulfillment, mm-hmm. an absolute award for familiar, fulfillment, that, that, that our key stakeholders found their hajoki experience rewarding, aspirational, holistic, and very much consistent with our, our commitment. And when I say rewarding, I, I am talking with 360 degrees, but I absolutely understand we're part of the free enterprise system. And so rewarding both in terms of financial rewards uh, and career and, and emotional rewards. So that would be the uh, fulfillment award. Well, I love that, Rick, because it's something when you say fulfillment, you look at that and you smile and you know that you're happy, your customers are happy, your teammates are happy, your owners are happy, and everything is moving along as it should. So with that, Rick Fantham, thank you very much for joining us today in celebrating the Wholesaler's 75th anniversary by talking about your company and how it's gone through the changes and the challenges and successes. And at the end of the day, hopefully there's takeaways that others can use from this from this uh, interview uh, that will help make their company better and stronger. Rick Fantham, thank you very much for your time and your partnership. Have a wonderful day. Super, Rick. Thanks a lot. That was fun. Thank you.